Welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader. And today we've, we are bringing you some NFT, crypto, and esports news, as we always do. And uh, this week we're starting off strong. DC and Warner Brothers drop multiverses. So out of nowhere, I wake up Monday morning. I am as peaceful as a clam at the bottom of the sea, resting peacefully, okay? I wake up, and to what what do I see, to my surprise, this trailer for a game called Multiverses. I go, Multiverses? What, what is this? So I watch this two-minute clip, and it, it it starts out pretty pretty much like, oh, there's Batman. And then weird energy signal detected. All of a sudden, Batman is teleported to, like, like a, a Super Smash Bros. stage. And then Shaggy from Scooby-Doo is teleported right next to him, jumps into his arms, and then all of a sudden Bugs Bunny and this other uh, female sword character are spawned in as well. And all of a sudden, a battle starts to take place. Amazing animation and graphics done for this trailer. All these other characters introduced. And all of a sudden... We've got a DC Warner Brothers mashup game similar to that of Super Smash Bros. Because if you can't be Super Smash Bros. and you can't you can't beat them, join them. And so, just like Nickelodeon's All Star Bash, Warner Brothers and DC have gotten into the mix. And actually, today they had some of the biggest fighting game players from across different titles playing the game on live streams all over the internet and so they were they've done an amazing job in launching the game earlier this week and then showing it off later in the week just uh, two to three days later it it's incredible and it looks really good too so i gotta ask jacob are you going to be playing multiverses when it finally comes out which isn't too far away interesting i'm, I'm looking on twitch now to see if i can find it i don't play fighting games like that I, you know, I remember I used to play them a little bit at arcades with, with friends, right? But it was never sure. a, a huge game for me. I actually had a, a classmate at Tufts who plays professionally in, in these fighting games. I think he plays Final Fantasy. Okay. Uh, so I talked to him a little bit about it. But, you know, it was never really a game title that caught my eye. What does catch my eye about this is the title, right? Multiversus. Um, you know, it... it, it, it has eerily similar tones to metaverse um it's bringing together lots of ip kind of in a similar way as to how a metaverse might oh yeah um it's interesting and i think it's great i think it's you know it reminds me a little bit of cross play where you know it was such a big deal when pc and, and xbox finally got to play together this seems like a pretty joint marriage of a lot of really valuable ip which could be a lot of fun and you know cross play and all that fun stuff is is what they're talking about as well for this game so this is not just a singular console type deal this is a this is a big project and product underway for all companies involved and so really exciting to see i'm excited to see how they're going to do um i could be wrong on this but i remember seeing that uh with the release on monday of the trailer it was also announced that multiverses is being added to the lineup of i can't remember remember the name of the event but the biggest biggest fighting game event of the year i can't remember its name but it's being sure. added to that roster of games which that's huge i mean if if you are a major company with a major game like that you need to have a game uh, that that is a fighting game like this added to the roster of the largest fighting game event in the country 
uh, especially North America, um, yeah. which happens actually, every year. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, it's it's called the Evo, Evo, EVO. And the news they made earlier was that they, they took out Smash Bros., right? Because yep. Nintendo, um, uh, Nintendo wanted to – likes to just smash down the uh, – Oh, you're gonna run modded versions of our game? Yeah, you're not gonna touch our game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Same guys. Really unfortunate. But yeah, so Dang, Tom and Jerry isn't it? As oh, well. Tom and Jerry, bro. Uh, Taz, Harley Quinn. Dang. It's... Did you see the the Tom and Jerry movie? Which one? I feel like there were the, a lot the of new Tom one. There was one in 2021. I did not. It was oh, it was good. It was half animated, half like IRL. It was actually yeah. really good. It was cool too, like the the way they blended in uh, animated characters and IRL. It was really well done. Are they doing that? They're doing that with like the Chip and Dale movie too coming out, which is really funny. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. They they've been doing that for a while. It's gotten so clean what they can do. Yeah. I remember, like out. Al- you know, I was just thinking of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh God, I'm sorry about the sirens. But uh, that okay. was okay. Happens. Movie, like, it happens. Out. Okay. <laughs> well, a little bit sidetracked there. <laughs> um moving on moving on we'll keep we'll keep moving forward here this next one is uh i think really cool so sizzle.gg i'd never heard of it before but uh it was making news because they closed five million in funding and you gotta ask yourself what esports organization or company is closing five million dollars in funding in this day and age what could make such a ruckus that investors want to get in so quick? Well, I found out Sizzle.gg is an AI-based clip-making website. So what it does is it takes your live stream from Twitch, wherever, and it will detect like where the best clips are in your stream. I personally have not tested this out. I don't know if they're live yet. I, I didn't go into extreme depth on the research of the site. But I think it's really cool because as a streamer myself, there is nothing more tedious than having to go through the stream to try and find your best clips or to remember where I got a triple kill or a quadra kill in League of Legends uh, in a five-hour stream. It's just like it, it sucks to have to remember that sort of thing. And so... Uh, I, uh, I'm excited for this. I hope it does well. And if it does well, I will be using it. I, I know that for sure. I'll be using it. Oh, you're still muted. Well, the sirens are, are, are over. So I can, there we it. go. Um, you know, I've seen this, a few of these pop up. Um, I think, first of all, I think it's good. I think it's, uh, it's valuable software if they can do it really well. Yeah. Um, one thing that they've added to like Call of Duty, right, was instead of the final kill cam, it's the best play, right? And, you know, there's some sort of algorithm in there that, you know, figures out, okay, you know, I'm going to add up all these things, like how many kills did they get in the five minute time for, or five second time frame? How much damage did they take? How much movement did they do? Uh, objective points, stuff like that. But it can be optimized like crazy, like still. Yeah. Sometimes the clips are horrible. And one thing I've always thought is, you know, instead of a single clip or a best play, it should be like a montage, right? It should be like five clips from five unique individuals and it, you know, it plays a, a, a 30 second clip at the end of the game. That would be be cool. And, uh, you know, just optimizing time because the, the kill camps would just take endless, you know, unneeded time. Uh, one thing I think would be cool with Sizzle is if they found some way to program music into the clips that they take, right? If they could find a song and basically match up the 
tempo of the song yeah. to kills in the game, right? How how montages always have edited sound to match and make it sound cool, right? A program that can do that is actually really valuable too. That can like slow down sound clips and you'll have the beats all catch. Um, I always wondered why don't they do that? Um, so, you know, it could be something this was looking into. Yeah, who knows? Um, time will tell. Five billion in funding, so they got to spend it somehow, right? They got to use it in some way, shape, or form. So we'll we'll see what it comes out as. Next up, uh, League of Legends hosted MSI. It's a midseason tournament series that a bunch of esports tournaments uh, take place in, and uh, there were some big latency issues with League of Legends, especially coming from Busan. Uh, where uh, Faker's team was playing. And uh, basically the article says that, you know, Faker and his, and his teammates were, uh, you know, I think they lost. And part of that was due to the high ping that they were having to deal with. But, man, this guy is a player of the people. Comes out in the article and says, look, yes, there was high ping. Yes, it was annoying. But as long as we put on a good show for the fans, that's all that matters. That's awesome. That's all that matters. And I just, and I just love that. When he's talking about high ping, he's talking about ten ping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, it's. That, I was gonna say if there's, if there's seventy ping at an arena, that's like, like someone's, someone's getting in major trouble, and you know there could even be a lawsuit because of something like crazy like that. Uh, but ten ping, that's funny. That is like the lowest ping you can, you can have if you're not playing AM. Um, yeah, legit. You need to have you need to have crazy, crazy Wi-Fi and internet. Well, Ethernet to to be able to to get little to no ping, which is, I mean, for the top players in the world, I think they rely on it. You know, you're asking for the best of the best, and in order for them to be the best, you've got to have a game with no issues whatsoever, yeah. because it puts you at a disadvantage against your opponent who has better ping than you, right? Uh, so. Uh, you know, high ping sucks for MSI, uh, but uh, cool to see Faker be like, yeah, but, you know, if the fans are having a good time, like, that's all that matters. Yeah, well, nice you know, maybe the, maybe the thousands of dollars in, in, in deals that also matter because your team wins is also pretty important, too. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> putting that aside. Putting that aside. Okay. Getting into NFTs. Morgan Stanley says NFTs are next to watch after the... Uh, Luna and uh, UST collapse. So we'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, UST and Luna crashed earlier this week and later last week to literally nothing. Crazy. And Morgan Stanley, right, comes out and says, oh, man, NFTs are next. NFTs are next. But does a bank really have the knowledge and the expertise for a decentralized currency and really like a decentralized market to say like, oh, these are the next next assets to be liquefied. Like we've you've said for a long time in different podcasts here that like, you know, how long do you hold on to an NFT before like you just go back to holding the cryptocurrency? Because like the NFT is only worth it for so long. The CryptoPunk that we talked about last week was worth $1 million at one point. And then they sold it for one hundred and ten thousand dollars later on, and we're like, "Why? Why did it lose almost nine hundred thousand dollars?" Well, how long do you hold on to a CryptoPunk until it loses value? And that's yeah. true with anything in life. I mean, you could have uh, a super rare object of some kind, and at one point in time, it holds a lot of value. Oh, let me. Here's a good one. When Tom Brady said he was going to retire, the football caught in the stands at that Bucks game 
was uh, sold and valued at a very high price. I can't remember the exact statistic. And then two months later, he says he's returning. Well, that is no longer Tom Brady's final football. And so the auction house that sold the football actually uh, took away the au- took away like the, the auction and revoked uh, the, the sale because they were like, this ball's worthless now. You know, mm-hmm. and so for two months, you could hold on to that football and say, oh, it's worth this much money. But at any point in time, such as Tom Brady coming out of retirement, right, the football became worthless. And so with NFTs, uh, you know, is, is this really, uh, once again, the death of NFTs, as we talked about last week, Yahoo Finance News saying, uh-oh, uh, NFTs are, are, are on the download. They're going down. I don't know if a central authority gets to say that a decentralized, you know, standard yeah. of whatever, right, is is going to be is going to be yeah. next. So a little bit. I mean, that's Morgan Stanley's job, right? It's their yeah. job. Yeah, they they are they they are the only ones that can, that don't have to say. Well, not the only ones, but they don't have to say not financial advice true. after they say something, right? That's like true. we do. Um, you know, I I think they're first of all, I think they're right. Um, in in some sense, I think a lot of it has already happened. Um, you know, this whole Luna thing was just crazy, right? The fact that, you know, this was a withstanding economy, like the, the I mean, the, the stable coin that's actually a stable coin is under, you know, the most scrutiny by the SEC because it, it's doubtful that they basically back their own currency. I'm not sure how much you know about this, but there was a huge scandal with USDT, which is like the official tether, yeah. quote unquote, made by tether. And the, the SEC was like, it's not backed. They were like, it's backed. Uh, and there was basically so much stuff going back and forth. The SEC had to kind of extend the uh, investigation. But, you know, just seeing that and then saying, you know, okay, I think that a stable coin that's, that's not actually stable, that's, that's solely based on, you know, the, the interest of others. Um, you know, when the market tanks, that coin is going to take too. Um, so, you know, the, the amount of wealth that was lost on Luna, it's, it's pretty, pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, and I think NFTs are probably, it, you know, it just makes sense that they'd be next. They're risky assets on the blockchain, right? It, it, he's not saying anything anything crazy here, uh, but I do think we're going to see a, a reasonable correction in the, 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 the market cap of NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, hey, they are, you know, they know about their financial stuff because that's literally what they do. I just argue that for something that's decentralized, which still has some centralization i mean it's you know you've got these specific places where stuff is being bought and sold and uh yeah i mean we'll see i uh i'm a little tongue-tied over it as you can tell because on the one hand i'm like oh i I want to agree and be like yeah major financial institution they probably know what they're talking about but at the same time the whole point of crypto and nfts from my understanding is that they're trying to defy these financial institutions, which they argue are uh, not a great way of, of making income or saving your money. You know, again, this is not financial advice. This is just purely speculative. Uh, do not take this as, as real advice, folks. Um, never, never do that here. We're just we're just talking, having some fun, having some fun. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, and like you said, uh, NFTs have already kind of had a downturn. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's been pretty true with uh, multiple scandals and different projects just having trouble taking off. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies in 2022 at the beginning of quarter one trying to hop on this NFT trend of quarter three and quarter four of 2021, uh, 
you know, having really great success with NFTs. Now companies, I think, are realizing, ooh, I think we are a little too late. Little mm-hmm. too late, possibly. But I think also part of that is due to just the barrier of entry. We've talked about this many times. It is not easy to just convince someone who has no information or knowledge on NFTs to just start investing or to start creating NFTs uh, without the proper resources and people behind you. As mm-hmm. a company, how do you know to go get a Web3 developer uh, to, to, to develop smart contracts? I, I wouldn't know that. Right. That's not a normal business practice or expense to go and do. So over time, you figure these things out, but sometimes it come too late. So we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. So this one I thought was really cool. So the New Yorker was talking about museums and NFTs and how NFTs could be a revival for dead artists and their work, which is really interesting. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I, I, I would argue that uh, maybe maybe it's not the most positive thing. Uh, I think there is something cool about having to go to a museum and seeing that piece of work on a wall. Now, do I enjoy having to try to go see the Mona Lisa through hundreds, if not thousands of people all with their phones up and not even being able to walk up to it? Yeah, that kind of sucks because everyone there is trying to take a take a photo of this tiny little photo, of this painting on the wall. Right. It's it's insane. Well, how about owning your own NFT Mona Lisa, right? Something like that. I mean, that uh, with only so many of them in the world, like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I question the utility of like what exactly this is going to bring to light other than maybe some money for the museums that are, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to preserve these works, which is legitimate, but what other special utilitarian bonuses could you get? I don't know. It'd have to be, they'd have to be minted by some official standard, right? You know, a single person or a single entity that's minting official art projects, like the network of museums, right? Where there's only 50 Mona Lisa's that get minted. But, you know, really looking at this article and seeing post, post-human, post, you know, putting artworks posthumously created work on the blockchain. Uh, the biggest thing is that all these works or, or, or a lot of them are going to be physical works, right? And that doesn't go crazy well on the blockchain, right? It's it's kind of, you know, the, the two sides of the art kind of industry, right? Where there's in-person work that shows at museums and there's NFTs, which is digital work, yeah. right? Putting old, old, old art that's been drawn onto the blockchain, it just doesn't make it for the sense to me. People want to bring more... I guess notice to some of this old art, maybe younger gen- they think younger generations of people will will get to see this art through NFTs, but you know, uh it's all about networking. And so unless these museums are able to network their NFT collections of of physical art to younger generations of people that may be into NFTs in that market, I mean, I'm a little skeptical of it really taking off myself. So it's kind of cool but at the same time it's like the art of these artists has been printed onto shirts tote bags pins i mean it's not like it hasn't been you know made into some type of merchandise in the past so just saying like i i I don't know what's different here other than you know it sounds it's just sounds an awful lot like a money suck to me i don't think i don't really see any real utility to mm-hmm. doing this other than I'm a museum that needs money. Please donate by buying our NFT. 
which I agree. is legitimate. And hey, maybe you make it a, a museum membership, right? Like own an NFT and you know have have a pass to the museum for ten years, right? Like that's pretty cool. That 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 would be something that would be worthwhile to me. But mm. I think that's it's a good kinda, idea. It'd be cool. Like it'd be yeah, cool. Like idea. hey, you know uh uh, Chicago's uh, largest, like the one of the largest art museums in the world, is in Chicago, and if if they had an NFT to buy for like five hundred dollars that got you ten years of free museum access, I'd be like, I don't go to the museum that often, but <laughs> over ten a ten year period for five hundred dollars, if it's like forty or fifty dollars to get in or something like that, like maybe. I'm just speculating. Ticket price could be a little bit lower, especially if you're a student. But if you're just an average Joe off the street, it's usually pretty pricey, especially when they have special art exhibits and stuff like that, right? So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, up next is UST and Luna Crash. A big blow for the market, but folks are surviving. Uh, uh, the collapse of Terra was devastating, but uh, this article from Coindesk.com is still hopeful. I mean, there's there's a lot to the market. And I, I was actually watching a video the other day, Jacob, that talked about the start of different industries over time. In the 1900s, there were over 500 different car companies. And out of them, GM, Chrysler, and Ford were like the, the big three that came out of that big boom and all of the other companies just went away right there are still other car companies that exist today but like those three are the biggest car manufacturers in in north america uh besides besides tesla doing you know tesla stuff but um after that in the 90s you had the internet boom all these uh dot com websites right uh and uh you know the some of the biggest companies out of that were google um google right <laughs> there was there were, uh you know google amazon like uh, basically, the video was just saying, like, out of every big, like, moment in uh, r innovation, there mm -hmm. are hundreds of different types of companies or organizations trying to do the same thing. And so the video was making the case for crypto, saying, you know, there are hundreds of different uh, stable coins and, and shit coins that exist. Yeah. But which three, which two are going to make it out in the next 20 to 50 years? That's the question. And that's that's the bet that, you know, when people are holding, that's the bet they're making. Is Bitcoin going to be the coin to stick it out forever? Will Doge somehow come back into the future? Will Ethereum be able to keep up with Bitcoin and be one of the leading coins in the next 50 years? That is the question that people are asking right now when there are hundreds of coins to choose from, just like there were back in the day when it came to the 90s internet boom and in the early 1900s, the big car manufacturing boom. So I Ooh. thought that was really cool. Um, and so back on, you know, folks surviving after this crash, I think you know a little bit about it, a little bit more about it than I do. Mm -hmm. um, but crazy. Luckily, I didn't have any money in Lunar USD, so I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I talked to someone who had quite a bit. Um, thankfully, it was all like past gains for them, so they, they didn't oh, really care. Good. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm reading here that there's five main USDT, or I mean, Tether coins. They represent 160 billion in market cap. So I think Luna was number five. There's one more uh, that is not backed by a centralized agent, you know, agency. Yeah. Um, and that's DAI, DAI. So I think that one survived. 
Um, and I think oh, it has wow. a little bit better economics than Luna. Um, but Luna really did not survive. Uh, it's crazy. That's crazy. That's actually, that's nutty. Mm-hmm. Nutty. Hey, yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I didn't have any money wrapped up in this, so I'm all good. But for the people who did, sucks to suck. Do your own research. <laughs> and uh, markets go up and down. Extremely volatile. You know, that is Luna, the nature of the business. Luna was not the coin to last the next 50 years. So sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah. um, Does this article say which coins they think will? No, no. This was completely separate from this. Okay. It, was a, it was a video that I had watched that was making this case, which I thought was really good. I, I was I was like, wow, this is actually pretty informative. Did they have any uh, predictions? No, no, it, no predictions. I don't think he was looking to give out financial advice like that. Yeah. But uh, it was a good it was a good case to make. Great case, in fact. Okay, this next one's pretty cool. So we've talked about this in the past already. Uh, the UK uh, is going to be like doing like an official mint with their treasury uh, for for cryptocurrency, and the Queen uh, has given her blessing to stable coins. <laughs> I just wanted to make note that this is a woman who has lived through World War Two has seen the the innovation of the past 90 plus years this lady lived way longer before stable coins could even be thought yeah. of to exist okay oh yeah and she's now so like here in time to give her blessing yeah. to a stable coin it's funny whereas back in the day when she was a teenager she was in World War II as a nurse I mean it's it's just crazy to me. To think about the time jump and how short of, of, of amount of time it has been to, you know, have this sort of thing happening. Um, it's just it's crazy to me that this this queen is like giving a blessing on this. It's just it blows. I'm like, you should be gone. You know, I, now I don't want to say bad things about the queen. OK, I'm not here to insult the queen. If a British person is listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I just said that. We don't want that. I wanted to live forever. Okay, obviously. She's been pretty good. She's been better than most of the others. But uh this is actually crazy that like she has like been through so much that mm. she's like giving a blessing for How much of it do you think she understands? She's a smart lady, but sure, yeah. you, you gotta you probably she's probably just been like <laughs> I trust in my advisors and the parliament, you know, to do the right thing. Right. Absolutely. I feel like she's probably like, does it, does it help our economy? Yes. Great. I mean, uh, you know, the, the queen's position is more of a figurehead in this day and age. It's for looks, you know, the monarchy truly does not have the power it used to. In fact, the presidential office of the United States has more enforcement policy uh, than, than the queen does sort of. Sort of like the, the queen is like the president. Um, and, you know, there's obviously a lot more allegiance towards the royal family and stuff like that than there is uh, the president of the United States. But uh, it's 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 weird. It's weird how politically it all works out. You know, big government choices and actions are going to be made by parliament uh, for mm-hmm. the people. Uh, yeah. But when it comes to, you know, decisions over the last 70 years, I think it, you know, there's been a lot of reform. 
over how much power the queen actually has. And this is also true for the United States as well with, with the president and how much can actually be done by that one person in office, right? Uh, I, I don't think we need the queen declaring war or the president declaring war. And so that's why you have parliament and that's why you have Congress to, uh, to help out with that, to help so, out with that for sure. So yeah, cool. I, it's pretty cool. And okay. Last, but certainly not least here, Spotify, uh, is experimenting with mu uh, musician NFT galleries. This is not something new, uh, for the music industry. We've seen and talked about different artists like Snoop Dogg, for example, uh, releasing uh, albums and music in in the form of NFTs. You know, while Kanye uh, or Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, right? Uh, well, he hasn't gotten into the NFT space, to my knowledge. Remember his like speaker? It was like two hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the official name for it. My brother bought one though, and on that was Donda Two. Donna 2 was only on those speakers for people to buy. And so, you know, I feel like music in NFT form is like such a weird form of gatekeeping of 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 something that's I don't think meant to be like had behind closed doors. Yeah. I just you I, know, yeah. I, I think um that's kind of what Kanye was trying to do, I, I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was like the flex player or something like that. The flume player. Yeah. Um, but he, he basically wanted to take away kind of the power the publishers had over the artists, right. And make it in a sense, more decentralized where the artists would have full control over the sales of their albums, as well as the, the revenue that, that came into them. It's yeah. just they don't have the distribution to do that, really. Um, and music is it's like hard thing to, you know, it's music is so free these days. And, it, you know, it really always has been either legally or illegally. But I think music is going to stay kind of as a streaming service, right? Maybe there's an NFT that gets you into the streaming service. But besides that, you know, music to me is a kind of a free thing. I don't know why as an artist you'd want to restrict access to your music as well, which... I don't think is the intended goal with NFT galleries for music, but it just, it sounds like it. It just, it just to me as an art, you know, as someone who makes and creates music, it just, it doesn't sound like it fits too well other than, you know, collecting a virtual version of Michael Jackson, Jackson's bad in NFT form, which mm -hmm. why would you not want the hard, you know, physical thing in your hand? I would want that record in my hands because it would be, It'd be worth so much more than a photo of it online, which is us talking about earlier, you know, physical works of art, physical things in real life, not being digital art sold as photos or images of itself. It's like having a virtual PSA Pikachu, right? I remember this from a while back, way back. In fact, when we were first starting, how, you know, PSA or there was this, this company selling virtual versions of a physical item that was locked in a safe and at any point you could cash in the virtual item for the physical one it's yeah. cool but like it's interesting is it yeah i don't know uh not my cup of tea not my cup of tea i'd, I'd rather just have the psa card you know yeah I, I saw a company actually on linkedin today who's doing exactly that they're transferring physical items into blockchain items and giving you ownership that way. I had the same concern, 
right? It's kind of, you know, it's going the wrong way uh, in a sense. So interesting. Is what it is. Is what it is. But, yeah, hey, folks, thank you so much for tuning in this week, watching our video, taking a listen to our podcast. That's all we got time for. Uh, but thank you so much for hopping on today. And, Jacob, thank you. Hope you feel better soon. I mean, it sounds like you're feeling pretty good already. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week as we usually are. Keep an eye on our TikTok uh, at Zen Sports. Uh, we have been posting clips of our podcast, uh, eSports clips from our tournaments, and uh, some funny reactions from sports news on there and hopefully some more content in the future. Uh, we are looking to branch out, keep going. So be sure to follow us on there as well. For now, that's all we got for today. So until next time, we out.